Welcome to Pressing In, the podcast where we press into the Word and the Heart of God and seek a glimpse of His perspective. I'm your host, Jamie DeSilvia. I'm a Christian speaker and the author of two devotional books that are unlike anything you've read before. Check out my website, jamiedesilvia.com, to learn more about my books. I am passionate about connecting women to the heart of God with biblical insight, authenticity, and grace. And now it's time for us to start pressing in. Friends, it's episode number seven, and we are recording live on Facebook. And so who knows um, what could happen live, right? Uh, Today, we are pressing into Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three. And um, we are going to be talking about something that the Lord has really been working in my life uh, over the past several years, and that is overcoming shame. Okay, Uh, so I'm going to start by reading the first three verses of Hebrews uh, 12 for you, and I'm going to read it out of the NIV. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So here, Paul has kind of set up this um, imagery for us of life being like a race. And he says that in this race, that we are surrounded by witnesses. And, And he's referring to the previous chapter of Hebrews, where he talks about all the great heroes of the faith and how they walked with God, not perfectly, but how they walked with God and he let, they let God stretch their faith. Okay. And they are all in heaven watching us, um, watching us run our race. Now, the first encouragement that Paul gives here is he says that we should throw off everything that hinders us. And this word in the Greek in the New Testament means a weight or a burden. So he's encouraging us to throw off any extra weights or things that are too heavy that hinder us. And so I want to kind of take a second and think about, you know, what is it that hinders us? What is it that weighs us down? And not just what weighs us down on this race that we're running, but also what hinders us from having a close relationship with God. Because I will tell you what I've discovered in my own life is that my proximity to him or my closeness to the Lord is the greatest determining factor of how things are going in my life. And that, you know, that's not a condemnation if we're feeling far from God. It's just the truth. The closer I am, um, the more peace I feel, the more joy I experience, the more clarity I get. And so we need to be aware of the things that keep us from having that close relationship with God. And I believe that's one of the things that Paul's referring to here, that we need to throw off these things that are hindering us and weighing us down. Okay, so what could it be? Uh, Things that hinder us, you know, 
uh, what's going on in your life, but perhaps uh, fear uh, hinders us and weighs us down or unrealistic expectations, perhaps our old wounds, maybe a tendency toward anger or doubts or shame, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, but those things um, weigh us down. They also have the ability, I think, sometimes to try to disqualify us from the race and not truly disqualify us in the true sense, but in our minds, we let these things disqualify us from the race. So we need the Holy Spirit to show us, Lord, what are these weights, these hindrances? And, and Holy Spirit, show me how to um, access your resurrection power and how do I overcome these things? So <clears throat> after Paul says to throw off everything that hinders, he says also to throw off the sin that so so easily entangles us and if you've been around church long you know that this word sin in the greek um, is the word homardia and it's an archery term and it means that we miss the mark um we may have you know very good intentions lined everything up the arrow goes but it falls short and uh, a lot of our sin falls into that category of we're trying to do our best but we are just falling short and jesus or Paul, excuse me, wants us to try to, as we're running our race, to try to dodge and weave and throw off the sins that are slowing us down. And I have to be honest, you know, I love the kindness of this Greek word homardia. I love that um, it seems to me that Jesus and Paul are recognizing that I may try my best and I may still miss the mark. And so all of my sin is not necessarily intentional things that I'm doing, right? And this whole imagery of the race and throwing off things that come at us, I'm reminded that there's no, the, the race cannot be run perfectly. It cannot be run perfectly. Things are going to come at us. We're going to stumble. We're going to get off track. It happens. But when things pop up, when the sin gets in our way, we dodge, deflect, Sometimes we get lucky and we can dodge that sin before it happens. Sometimes uh, we got caught in the middle of it and then we have the decision to, you know, make a U-turn. Um, and then sometimes we don't even see the sin until maybe after the fact. And still, uh, Paul is encouraging us, don't stop running, you know, bring it to God, work it out, throw it aside. All right. <clears throat> so after we're throwing off the things that untangle us, Paul encourages us to run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. And this word, um, this was such a delight to me to discover this um, this week, that this word perseverance, so run with perseverance the race, that word is almost always translated as patience. And here, the, clearly, the interpreters thought perseverance was the best word, but here's my opinion. Uh, I like the idea of running with patience, of not getting up, giving up. So being patient with myself in the race, being patient with others in the race, also being patient with the Lord in the race, because I don't know about you, but uh, the Lord's time schedule rarely ever lines up with my time schedule. Um, in my opinion, he moves awfully slow when I want him to hurry up and he moves awfully fast when I'd like to dig my heels in. And so um, running with patience for this race, I think is really important. And also noting who marked out the race. 
the Lord has marked out the race. So that takes out of the equation. I probably spent the first half of my Christian life trying to determine the course, you know, always trying to figure out which way should I go. And um, it's such a relief to know that God has marked it out. And so I can lean into that. And yes, sometimes I'm going to accidentally detour. And guess what? He's going to reroute me right back. So no worries about that. Back to Hebrews, Paul says that we should fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, if you were to look this verse up in different versions, you would find all kinds of interesting words that the translators used for author and perfecter of our faith. Um, that word author in the NIV, it's only used four times in the New Testament. And in other places, in the other three places, it's translated as prince or captain. And um, I love the idea that Jesus is the captain of my faith. Um, I love that idea. I'm hearing Paul say that my faith is like a vessel and uh, Jesus is the captain of it. Not only is he the captain of the vessel of my faith, but he is the power that powers my vessel. Um, you know, so often we think that we are solely responsible for operating our faith and maintaining it. And this verse right here says, you know, Jesus um, initiated, he created your faith and he is going to, it says, perfect it or finish it depending on the version. Um, so we fix our eyes on him because he is not only our example of what faith looks like, but he is also the power to, um, to follow his example. And so whenever you're feeling like your faith is rocky um, or maybe the enemy is questioning your faith, remember that Jesus is the captain of your faith and he is also the power behind your faith. So lean into him and let him guide you in your faith. Paul also says about Jesus, he says, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this part of the verse right here is such a great picture of Jesus's race, right? The cross was part of his race, and the finish line was heaven. And our races are similar. We have crosses to bear on our race. Our finish line is also heaven. Um, so Jesus had to face the pain, the betrayal, the injustice, the humiliation of the cross. And the Lord showed me as I was studying this scripture that Satan meant to shame Jesus on the cross. But God meant to glorify Jesus on the cross and bring about, I mean, gosh, so much that they accomplished on the cross. So Satan meant to shame Jesus by stripping him naked and putting him on a Roman cross, right? Trying to shame Jesus. Jesus suffered for the sins of other people. He was innocent of those things. Um, Jesus was pretty much um, rejected and crucified by his own people. Satan meant to shame him with that too. And in those moments where Jesus bore the sin of the world, you know, they there was those moments where he was separated from the father um, because the father could not look upon that sin. So all these things that the enemy tried to do to shame Jesus and 
Jesus was not having it. It says right here, Paul says that Jesus despised the shame. He turned away from the shame. He refused to believe the shame. He refused to accept the shame. He did not let the shame define him whatsoever. It was like one of those things that we're supposed to throw off on a race. Jesus took that shame and pitched it. So I know we're talking about um, shame a lot, and I wanted to find that. But I want you to know that Satan means to shame you on your race. But God means to bring you into glory on your race. And so that is why I think shame is such an important thing to talk about. And um, I love that Jesus took such a strong stand against it. So let's talk for a minute about what shame is and what it isn't, because it's not like guilt. Okay, guilt um, is something that we feel and it's based on action or behavior. Like I feel guilty for losing my temper with my kids. I feel guilty about that action, okay? But shame is different. So shame would be more like, I am such a bad mother. I'm such a bad person. I can't control my temper. I ruin everything. I don't deserve to be happy. How can my family even love me? How can God use me if I can't even control my tongue at home, okay? That's a shame response to my sin. So this is not what God wants for us because shame disqualifies us. It paralyzes us and it isolates us. We want to hide, okay? Now, it's interesting to me, this is something that the Lord brought to my attention many years ago, that, you know, the world um, and the people in it and the enemy can say all kinds of things about us, and we believe a lot of it. The Lord gave me kind of this imagery of uh, as the world and my family of origin and different things, people say things about me or or I make assumptions about myself and it's like sticky notes that just get stuck right to me, you know, and I carry them around. Okay. But then here comes the Lord and he speaks such beautiful things to us through the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit. Um, and we have a hard time believing what God says about us. We're quick to believe what the world, what the enemy what others say about us. Why are we so slow to believe what God says about us? And I think that is really important um, on the race is that I want to be the kind of person that believes what God says about me. And I want to be a person who does not accept the things that the enemy or the world or other people say about me, because that is a weight that will slow me down and disqualify me. So I want to follow God, Jesus's example. I want to reject the shame like Jesus did. And I've got four things for you, four tips for um, <clears throat> despising the shame like Jesus did. And these are things that I'm having to practice all the time. Okay, the first thing is to talk back to the shame, preferably out loud. Shame comes calling, I don't know for you, shame comes calling at my house almost every day. Uh, and I have to learn to talk back to it and say, that is not true. And then I need to say what is true instead. Talk back to it. That's number one. Number two is I need to welcome the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I need to recognize that the Holy Spirit's conviction dwells in an entirely different universe than the shame 
of this world and the shame of the enemy. Okay, entirely different world. I want to welcome the conviction of the Holy Spirit because friends, I'm going to tell you that conviction is only awareness that you miss the mark. Conviction is not condemnation for missing the mark. So we can welcome that awareness of conviction that, ah, I have missed the mark. Conviction is an invitation to talk to God about the sin or about the problem and deal with it and leave it behind. Like Paul says, it, we have got to learn to throw these things off, not just the sin itself, but the effects of the sin, perhaps any shame that we are hanging on to. So when we fall into sin, we confess it, we let God forgive us and we move on. Okay, so number one, talk back to the shame. Number two, welcome the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Number three is we need to forgive ourselves like he does. Okay, if you want to be like Jesus, then you need to be a forgiver for yourself first and foremost. Okay, if you can learn to forgive yourself like Jesus did, that will knock out a good portion of the shame and that will knock out a lot of what comes at us on our race is the fact that we have not forgiven ourselves for things that we've done. And friends, I have done a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things to forgive and let go of. But the, but the more that I do that, the freer I am. Okay. Talk back to the shame. Welcome the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Number two, number three, forgive yourself like Jesus says. And number four, this is the last one. We need to allow God to uncover and uproot the shameful beliefs that we have about ourselves. Okay. Cause when we have a shame response, going back to the, I lost my temper with my, with my loved ones example. So when that happens and I have a shame response, you know, when I, I start thinking those shameful thoughts about myself, okay. Those thoughts did not arrive today. Those thoughts those shameful beliefs about myself that I'm not worthy, that I ruin everything, that I'm responsible for everyone's happiness. Okay. Those shameful beliefs were set long time ago. Some of them very early in childhood and then along the way. Okay. So those are not easily erased, but don't, don't give up. Don't lose heart because the Lord can uncover them and he can heal them, bring them to light, heal them. And he can remove them. Okay. And this is a beautiful, very loving process that he does. He does not rip the lid off and reach into the bottom and yank all your shameful beliefs about yourself out at once. Okay. Cause that would just about undo us, wouldn't it? No, he works one layer, one lie, one shameful belief about ourselves at a time. And I believe that letting God get in there and change the way we think about ourselves has such a huge effect on our intimacy with him and how we run the race and how we deal with others. And the only way to do this is really just to press in and be with him and to be honest and to let him see those things that are, that are buried in there and let him do a healing work in us. Now in closing, I want to, um, this is what I normally do on the podcast is I will read to you the passage that we just talked about that we're pressing into. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation, which is very poetic and beautiful. 
Um, and then I'm going to read the passage to you uh, in the NIV, but I'm going to play with the um, some of the pronouns and things so that I'm going to read it to you from God's point of view. And, and I hope I pray that it's a word that encourages you. So let's start with the Passion Translation. Deep breath. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed our faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and he conquered its humiliation, thinking nothing of its shame. And now he sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. All right, now I'm going to read from the Lord's point of view. My child, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let me help you throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you. I will help you run with perseverance this race that I've marked out for you. Fix your eyes on me. I'm the prince and the captain of your faith. Fix your gaze on me for I will mature and perfect your faith. For the joy that was set before me, I endured that cross, knowing it would bring you closer to me. I scorned the shame, not believing anything the enemy had to say about me. I reached the goal, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne in heaven. So remember how I endured that opposition, and let me help you so that you will not grow weary and lose heart on this race. Together, we will overcome. Amen. And God bless you all. I'll see you next time when we press in to another passage of scripture. Thanks for listening to Pressing In with Jamie DeSilvia. If you've been encouraged by this podcast episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit jamiedesilvia.com to check out my books and do come chat with me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook.